0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm host Paul Vogelze, and this is episode number 309. As part of our Art of Living Author interview series, we'll be speaking with author of the new book, Rewired, Dr. A.J. Seth. Dr. A.J. Seth is a board-certified orthopedic hand and upper extremity surgeon located in North Canton, Ohio. That is an important element to the story, and we'll get to that. (laughs) But first, let me go back in time for a minute. On December 10th, 2015, Dr. Seth became the first surgeon in the United States to perform a surgery allowing an amputee, Melissa Loomis, who we'll be speaking with in part two of this wonderful two-part interview. But Dr. Seth's surgery allowed amputee Melissa Loomis to move and feel her prosthetic hand with her brain. The procedure was a 16 and a half hour surgery during which he was able to reroute nerves in the upper arm to give the patient the ability to feel as though the prosthetic hand is her own. Six weeks after surgery, the patient, again Melissa Loomis, demonstrated that she could feel and move a prosthetic arm and hand. With this innovative bionic miracle surgery, Dr. Seth established a relationship with Walter Reed Hospital in Maryland, along with Johns Hopkins University. He is presently collaborating with Johns Hopkins University for research and development, demonstrating that Dr. Seth's patient, Melissa Loomis, is now the most advanced amputee in the world. The book, Rewired, by Dr. A.J. Seth, is the inspirational, miraculous story of Dr. Sess' revolutionary surgery that allows Melissa Loomis to not just move a prosthetic arm simply by thinking, but to actually feel with a prosthetic hand, just as she would with her natural arm. This resulted in Dr. Sess' private practice in a community hospital using a local staff with no special training or extensive research funding. Amazing. Yes, truly amazing. Let's listen to Dr. A.J. Seth read from his new book, Rewired, in the opening section where he discusses his family, Melissa Loomis's sheer power as a patient, and the divine inspiration and higher power Dr. Seth felt from the very start, and how much gratitude Dr. Seth feels today.
1: With family like mine and a patient like Melissa, I pretty well started the inning of the game at third base. Still, We all needed the grace and power of God moving in, ways beyond our comprehension. That, of course, is the higher power, my friend, under the basketball hoop mention. How can I express my gratitude to God? This is all for His glory, never mine. There's nothing remotely special about me. Just as I reach for certain tools in surgery, He reached for me. His implement in some divine operation. I'm happy to be His scalpel his forceps, or whatever use he might have for me. Speaking of which, are you ready for this operation? Generally, I sedate my patients at this point, but this is one time I hope not to put the patient to sleep. Turn the page, and I'll introduce you to a curious and faithful raccoon, as well as to Melissa, an absolutely ordinary woman, who emerged from a suburb of North Kent, Ohio, with an aching arm and a world-changing destiny.
0: We'll hear from Dr. AJ Seth in just a moment, but I want to emphasize the raccoon because the truly amazing part is that this all started with a raccoon bite on the arm of Melissa Loomis, which doesn't seem that serious, but it soon becomes a life or death medical crisis for Melissa Loomis. After days of treatment for recurring infection, it becomes obvious that Melissa Loomis' arm must be amputated. Dr. A.J. Seth, the son of immigrant parents from India and local orthopedic surgeon in private practice, performs his first ever amputation procedure in the months that follow divine intervention. Combined with Melissa's determination and Dr. Seth's disciplined commitment and dedication to his patient, brings about the opportunity for a medical breakthrough that will potentially transform the lives of amputees around the world. As I say, we'll be hearing from both Dr. Seth and Melissa Loomis about this amazing inspirational story. But today, please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. AJ Seth. Dr. AJ Seth, welcome to the Not Old Better Show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, not only read my book, but uh, have me on so we can kind of discuss some parts of the book and, and the surgery that I did.
0: Well, yes, I... uh... I just want to tell you, I read the book, Rewired. I, I loved it. I really want to just say that right out of the gate, because I think this is the kind of book that is so inspirational and moving and and important in many ways. And So I have a few questions for you that I'd just like to uh, get answered, because I think the book will touch many, and speaking to you, I think, is going to give us additional insight into it. But I guess to start off with, following the surgery that you performed on Melissa Loomis, and, and we're going to be speaking with Melissa Loomis in, in just a little bit, you told her, I love this line, you said, you did it. You made history. Now get ready to do some <laughs> interviews. Well, right, we're, right. we're doing those interviews. And, and as I say, I'm going to be speaking to you both. And, and the truth is that you both made history. So why was this procedure historic?
1: You know, um, when I was going through the process, it was hard to even think of it as being historic. Um, and, you know, looking back on it now, it, it uh, you know, everybody says it's kind of a medical miracle in history. And um, I think there's a couple parts actually that made this um, to be historical. And I think there's the medical part. And then I think there is the um, inspirational part in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, and the historical part is, is that what we often don't realize and we take for granted, um, is our hands and arms. I mean, people often say, Hey, I need my hand to work. I need this. Well, you know, we all do. And your, your hands are technically your eyes in the dark. When you try to walk through a room, it's very difficult to walk without putting your hands out so you can touch and feel things. So unfortunately, uh, my patient Melissa Loomis, who um, had to undergo an amputation, she on the right arm doesn't have that ability. And you can put a prosthetic arm, and you can go through the room. But unfortunately, it's it's technically a piece of metal, and, and you, nobody can really feel the piece of metal. And and that was the one thing I wanted to see if we could change and and you know, advanced science. And it's the ability to allow an individual who has lost an arm to not only move a prosthetic arm, but actually feel their prosthetic arm and their hand. You know, you, you, When you lose an arm, it's devastating. People don't often, you know, sit down and think what our arms do. But I mean, you can't open a jar really one-handed. You can't clap it you know, a loved one's functions, Mm -hmm. you you can't hold your spouse's hand and get that emotional touch or even a hug is different one handed. And so I was, when I did this surgery, I was like, what if we can give any amputee the ability, at least get some kind of feel or touch. And that's, I guess, what the part that made history is, is that she was able to, after the surgery to not only move a prosthetic simply by thinking, but she could actually get the sensation of what she was touching. And the, I think the historical part is that uh, two things. One, I didn't implant anything into the body. Um, you know, all I did, and I say this a lot, is I just simply kind of rewired some nerves, and that's how the title came to be. I didn't, I mean, There's nothing that I did that is just rocket science, I always say. I moved some nerves, but between God and her got this to work. And her brain was able to adapt um, immediately. And about six months after surgery, you know, she was able to move and feel this arm so much so that she can put a styrofoam cup behind her back and close her hands around it without looking and not crush the the, the cup. And so I think part of it is is that this surgery was done in a town of about 17,000 people, you know, I, I never really, I never was trained on it. I just, um, I took a great, fantastic local staff. Um, he didn't have any research money or anything. And we said, Hey, you know, we want to do everything we can to help our, you know, uh, the person in town that, you know, anyone would want to help and ended up one, you know, going on this voyage. And, and I, and I often tell people that the, the historical part, when people say that, you know, I made history, she made history. And I always say that she made history because she's the first one that can do this, but I didn't make history. You know, we made history in regards to the staff at the hospital. And and I always try to say that when, when you say, how does it look in history? You know, I'm just happened to be this captain of the ship. Um, but without everybody there that day, must've been 50 people that helped me. I wouldn't be talking to you today, Paul. Um, if the person who was in the bottom of the hospital, cleaning the instruments the night before, decided they didn't really want to do their 100%, you know, best effort job. She could get another infection. It would never have worked. And we're not having this conversation. So even though I get, you know, all the accolades, I always give it back that this was a huge team effort as everything is in medicine. You know, if anyone has any bit of, you know, involvement in medicine, it's it's a complete team effort. And so when we say history, I think our whole team made history. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it was a special, it was very much a, a special procedure. And from a medical standpoint, there, there were two parts of it that stood out to me. And and I'll let you talk about them specifically. The acronyms are, one is TSR and the other is TMR. That's How great. was one of those so difficult from a patient's success standpoint than the other? Maybe describe yeah. those a little bit. Yeah.
1: So the, the surgery that I... Uh, has been done about two two hundred fifty times in, in the in the world, is a, called targeted muscle reinnervation, and that's the TMR portion. What that does is allows any amputee undergo a surgery, where when they think in their mind, close your hand, the prosthetic will close their hand. You see, when an amputee puts on a prosthetic for the first time, without the surgery, in order to close their hand. The prosthetic will pick up signals where they have to contract or squeeze their biceps and triceps together. Well, that's really not a – that's a learned process. It's, it's not, you know, native to the human brain. An easy, easy way to think of what we did is – and this was developed by some fantastic – a fantastic surgeon out of Northwestern, Dr. Dumanian, and a physical, medical and physical medicine and rehabilitation doctor, um, Dr. Kaiken. And what they discovered is is that if you take the nerves that were transected or cut during the amputation and simply rerouted them to other muscles in the upper arm, when the amputee would think, close my hand, it goes down that nerve just like it used to, but it now goes to a different part of the arm. So if you think about it like a speaker, a receiver sends a signal, it goes through speaker wires, it goes to a speaker, you hear music. So think of that as closing your hand. Well, if you cut the speaker wire, you could send signals through that speaker wire all you want, you'll never hear music. But if you take that wire and hook it to a new speaker, instantly new music comes out. And so that's what they came up with, that they took the um, biceps, I'll give you an example, and there's two muscles to bend the elbow. Well, we don't need two muscles to bend the elbow. So they took the nerve that closes the hand and they just tied it into one of the biceps. So when she thinks close my hand, it goes down, goes to the new speaker or the biceps, that contracts and then the prosthetic gets a signal and the hand closes. So what's great is patients with the surgery no longer have to retrain their brain or anything. Now, What made her story different and made pretty much this the first in the U.S. to undergo this is I wanted to see if – what if we transfer part of the nerve to the skin? So every nerve is like a piece of licorice. If you think of licorice, how it's intertwined, Mm -hmm. if you touch a stove, something has to go from the fingertips to the brain that says, okay, brain, move the hand the brain will send an impulse, and then your hand moves. So it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a nerve, I treat it like a piece of licorice. I said, what if we open up that nerve and unwind all of those little licorice strands? I wanted to find those li- the one or two little licorice stands, um, strands that gave signals backwards. And so the surgery took about 16 hours, and I actually found on— her nerves, there's two of them, I opened it up, and out of 19 little wires in there, and they're about the size of your you know, piece of hair, I found she had one that went purely backwards that would give information to the brain. And I took that nerve, and I just rerouted it to the inside of her arm skin. So when you touch the inside of her arm, that nerve that I moved sends an impulse to the brain And her brain is like, wait, okay, now your hand is located on the inside of your arm. It's back. And that's what makes this a little more difficult because you're really manipulating the nerves and you're moving the the two-way path to two different areas. And the great part about it is she had horrible phantom pain before surgery where she felt like she was licking a 9-volt battery. And the minute she woke up from surgery, it was pretty much gone. And I think it's because we gave the nerve that was just firing constantly with no end, we gave it a new place to go.
0: And hence the title of the book, Rewired. Exactly. It's just Mm -hmm. simply, it's all
1: it is, is simply rewiring nerves.
0: We are with Dr. AJ Seth, who's written the new book, Rewired. It is uh, a wonderful story, special, special book. Of course, it's uh, uh, got a uh, subtitle, An Unlikely Doctor, A Brave Amputee, and the Medical Miracle That Made History. We're gonna be talking to the brave amputee, Melissa Loomis, in just a little bit, Dr. Seth. And uh, you describe her as uh, one of the most resilient, positive people that you've met. When we think about medical care, when we think about, you know, kind of being a patient, what can we all learn from Melissa in terms of, of the treatment procedures and outlook and how that impacts our, our own wellness?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in my book, I tried my best to portray to the country Melissa Loomis. I mean, who is Melissa Loomis? I mean, she was, you know, this a patient who basically tried to save her dogs and ended up with an amputated arm. Hmm. And as I sat back and was was thinking about this through the last, you know, two, three years I've been writing the book, she she has taught me something that I didn't even realize, but I never spent time in medical school learning. You see, and and what she's taught me is that I spent four years um, in medical school. um, And that was a long, long hours. (laughs) But, but I, I spent all the time learning about, you know, the proteins and the carbohydrates and the amino acids and what nerve goes where and, and what artery takes it here and there. But I didn't learn about the the mind. And what I mean by that is, if there's ever a patient that this surgery should not work on, it should be Melissa Loomis. You see, she is a insulin-dependent diabetic on an insulin pump, and she had an infection that almost took her life. So her overall health and the health of her nerves because of diabetes is way below every, a, a normal person without these diseases. But it worked perfectly. And as time passed over the two, three years, I always look back and like, what did I learn? I learned that your mind is more powerful than what all these research books and everything tells us. She proved to me that it doesn't matter what your physical, always your physical condition is, but it's the mind that is very, very important in healing and, you know, battling these illnesses. But I never learned that in med school. You know, you you just, you're so busy trying to become a doctor and you're so busy trying to learn all the factual, objective stuff that sometimes we forget about how powerful not only the brain is but the spiritual healing can be and i can't speak for anyone else and i don't you know speak for uh, on her part but that's one of the biggest things that she has taught me is about the mind the ability in her case, is how she completely put full trust in me and here i am going to do this surgery that's never been done i'm in a small town of 17,000 people in, in North Canton, Ohio. And she's like, I don't want anyone else to do it, but you. And, you know, that takes a special person. Um, and then she also taught me one thing that I just really realized that to make changes in this world, you don't have to be a superstar. You know, we think of on an everyday basis, you know, am I a top sports athlete? You know, you see a top sports athlete, you want their autograph. They're making a change in the world. Or somebody who is on TV is a celebrity in the movies. They make changes in the world. But you know what? Anybody can make a change in the world. And what she's shown me is that here's this wonderful person, just loves dogs. That's her life. And if you would ask her five, ten years ago, do you think you could change the world? she would say that probably there's no way, but it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. We all can make a change in the world and you just got to believe in yourself. And I didn't realize that until I started thinking when someone asked how her life changed. And I'm like, wow, here she is two, three years ago, three, four years ago, working her regular job and no one knew her. And then all of a sudden she does something that helps advance science. And to me, She's made a bigger difference than most people that we think on TV are making a difference.
0: Thank you for that. That was very nice. I appreciate it. I want to shift gears for just a moment, Dr. Seth, and uh, and you refer to this this idea of, of spiritual healing. I think the, the book is very refreshing on on that subject and and on the blend between kind of this idea of science and and spirituality. There's an, certainly an ample gratitude toward God throughout the book and the mention of divine intervention. And I wonder, as a physician, how does how does that same gratitude and divine intervention come to your own aid during difficult, life-threatening moments, both personally and then in your role as a medical provider?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. As, uh, and, and as you said, you know, as a medical provider, um, mm-hmm. one of the things, and it's sometimes difficult, you know, as a physician, is to realize that we are human and we are acting, you know, As God is in the book, as God is actually acting through us through our hands, Um, it's difficult for someone who constantly has, you know, done everything they can to be the best at what they do, and realize that you can do the same surgery on twenty different people, and you don't get the same outcome. And it's difficult because nineteen of them would go great, and then that one that's having trouble, you don't think about the nineteen that go great. You think about the one person that you're like, What what's going on? How can I get this person better? And, and what in my own practice, it's relying on God to help you help that person get better. Um, you know, I know when I operate, I do a lot of cases and I don't look at the clock. You know, I, I'm going to start and I'm going to finish regardless of what the clock says. And unfortunately, you have to give everybody, okay, you have to be here at surgery at this time and this time. Well, sometimes it's tough when you walk out and you're an hour and a half late. Well, you're not an hour off late because you're out golfing. You're an hour and a half late because, <laughs> you know, you're taking your time to do the best. And I remember every time I go out and I see someone kind of, okay, we're running late or you read, we waited three hours, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, God, help me just to keep going through that day so that. You can stay focused and regardless of what anyone says, you don't, and, and I did this with Melissa, you don't stop regardless of what time it is until you feel you've done everything to help that patient, you know? Um, and, and I think that's been a big thing to help me spiritual to, you know, just keep that mindset of every person you see, you have a job to do to get them better and you may not get them better, but you have a job actually to do everything you can to get them better. And that's the difference. Um, from a personal standpoint, unfortunately in the, in, in the book, um, <clears throat> I talk about, um, um, a daughter I lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wish that on no one. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, even as they it's, it's very, it's difficult to, you know, discuss. I think of it every day, mm-hmm. but I think it made me a better person of who I am today. Um, you know, you often when when you lose a child, you you, you want to get angry at everyone, and you want to be an angry at God and say, "Why did this happen? Why did you do this to me?" Well, you have to pick yourself up. We have another child. Help the other child move on. But it started to make me understand what what the word miracle really means. Um, and without giving too much in the book, my, this is what's not in the book, but, um, I had a daughter, um, and and I talked about in the book who passed away and, um, she died of a brain tumor when she was a year and a half old and she only took two steps her entire life to walk. Well, I had one of the first smartphones Way back in, then my friends used to make fun of me because it was so big, which is the same size of the phone I'm talking to you now, but this was 18, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> but when she took her first two steps, I had it on video. For some reason, I clicked it, mm-hmm. saw her walk mm-hmm. two steps, clicked it. That's a miracle that I had the phone ready to go, and I captured that moment. And it taught me that sometimes in life we think the miracle as a physician is that we cure every single person and we prolong every single person's life. And, and I realized going through that ordeal that that's not true. There are little miracles that if we don't <laughs> realize it on an everyday basis, we miss what God is giving to us. Um, and unfortunately, you know, she succumbed to her disease. But looking back on right. it, the miracle she provided to me and taught me about spirituality is, is more than I could ever teach anybody else.
0: Well, thank you for that. And and thank you for that candor. And I, I will say that that same candor and gratitude is expressed throughout the book. And again, it, it's such a refreshing book. Uh, the title is Rewired. We are talking with Dr. A.J. Seth. I just have one final question for you, Dr. Seth. Yes. I have to say, I loved your own positivity. We just heard it, absolutely. But your enthusiasm and your your just your upbeat approach throughout the book. How has the miracle changed you? And uh, and and I guess are are you still working with amputees? I, I suppose I, I very much hope so. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a, that's a great question. You know, you know, and, and I think I, we were talking a little bit earlier that you know it, sometimes it's tough because these type of miracles are history thing shouldn't be done in a small town. You know, Mm -hmm. if you put, I went to a conference where, um, these phenomenal surgeons at Walter Reed had me present at when they found out what I had done. And I've worked with Walter Reed now. Um, and we've worked with, um, Johns Hopkins. And, you know, the one thing that I've seen is, is that when I go to these conferences, everybody's from Harvard. It's, it's, I always send a, little picture to my friends back home because it's got harvard and yale and you know people in germany australia and then it's got my name and it says north canton ohio like that that's it i don't i'm, I'm just a, a, a guy in a small town i coach my son's baseball teams basketball team. i mean just i'm a regular kind of guy but it, it's taught me that um no matter who you are if you believe in yourself you can do whatever you want and I often picture, and this is kind of a a crazy thought, but it's almost like when there's a giant auditorium and someone is being escorted in, you know, and they have security around them, whatever. it almost felt like God put his hands on me and just said, okay, it doesn't matter. These guys are from Harvard, Yale, wherever, you're going to move right through, you know, everybody and, and sit in the same room as them. And that's when I started just to say, okay, if they, if they could do these things, why can't I? And, that is one of the big things when I go on speaking tours to kids I talk about. And I tell them, you're not all going to be surgeons. It's, it's not how the world is created. I was like, but whatever you go into, you have to be the best that you could possibly be. And I tell them, just like I said before, when there's 50 people on my team, if one of them decides they don't want to do their job that day, this doesn't happen. And I said, everybody looks at me as this success. You know, People say, oh, he's such a successful surgeon, and he's done this. Like, I don't really know what that means because I'm not a successful surgeon. I'm no different than anybody else. And I always say that if it's 2 in the morning and my pipe bursts in my house, everybody can say, hey, he's the greatest, most successful surgeon. My house is flooded. (laughs) I mean that's how it is. It's how it is. Well, guess what? In this great country, I have the ability to pick up a phone and call an expert to come help me out. And then who knows, one day he gets an injury, I help him out. That's how the world works. So being a successful surgeon, I don't really know what that means. We're all here to help each other. And, you know, it's it's one last thing people have always asked me. Okay, you're the successful surgeon. You know, you took a giant risk doing this surgery. And I've asked that, been asked it so many times. And that was the big thing in Chicago when I went to this convention is how did a small town surgeon who did carpal tunnels every day, take a risk and do this surgery? No one has done. And I always chuckle and say, that's not risk. I was like, risk is my parents moved from India where they were extremely wealthy. Packed up so their kids one day would get a better education and they slept on the floor at the YMCA. That's risk. I say risk is a 19-year-old who kisses his parents goodbye or her parents goodbye and goes overseas and has a gun and people are shooting at him on an everyday basis and they're doing it to protect us. That is what risk is. I said what I did, it's not risk. I, I did my job. And I said, but I did this job because I want to give back to the wounded warriors who are overseas, who are doing the risk that says, hey, if you happen to lose your arm, you can come back. And there's a possibility. There's this guy in North Kent who could give you as near normal arm as possible. And and to me, that would make this story complete.
0: Well, Dr. AJ Seth, we so appreciate your time. It is so inspirational to talk to you and uh, the book is truly inspirational. You've, you've just really done some, some great things and uh, what a pleasure it's been to, to hear your story. The book, of course, is Rewired. It uh, has got the full story of Dr. A.J. Seth and his work. And uh, Dr. Seth, thank you for your time today. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours and uh, congratulations on this wonderful book.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And, and like I said, without, you know, wonderful people like you helping us spread the word, we, what we did doesn't get out. And I want people to know that, you know, the story and, and what's possible out there. That, you know, as I tell people, you know, I wanted to make impossible possible and prove there's really nothing impossible out there.
0: So thank you. Well, and, and thank you for that. But I will tell you, uh, I'm just doing my job. So <laughs> thanks again, Great. Dr. Seth. I really appreciate thank
1: it. Thank you so much, sir.
0: My thanks to Dr. H.A. Seth, author of the new book Rewired. And my thanks to HarperCollins for helping me arrange these wonderful interviews. My thanks to you, my equally wonderful Not Old Better show audience. Talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody, and happy holidays.